First of all, I'm sorry. It's me, Cindy. Sorry that I titled an episode Hurricane Part 1 and then disappeared. It occurred to me one day that maybe you might have worried or assumed the worst. Or maybe you never gave it a second thought. But if you did, my apologies for not finishing the story. While I was telling you about the hurricane on its way, we were all battening the hatches and bringing in lawn furniture and expecting, as always with a hurricane, who knows what. Turned out we'd been burned again by the networks working to keep you plugged in. Not to be cynical, but once the Weather Channel named a blizzard, they confirmed their over-hypiness and have yet to live it down. Yet we still need to at least brace for the worst hurricane in history. And if it blows out to sea, we get lucky and then it's story's over. So what I'm explaining here is that there was no part two. By the time I remembered that I'd left you hanging, the world, at least out here on the East End, calmed down. People weren't draining supplies at the gas stations by lining up for generator gas. There was nothing to say about it. The rainstorm called a hurricane didn't ever really become anything worth talking about. But now it's fall and the weather's changing, although curiously not as much as it's usually changed in the fall. I was wearing flip-flops today. That's just odd. Or, and this is what I'm thinking, maybe it's just the new normal. Like seeing masks is the new normal, at least for now. Or not wearing masks or protesting wearing masks. But while my first thought is, ew, I shouldn't be talking about that. Then I thought, you know, if it's true that this is just where the world is now, different, then I'm going to have to be able to accept it. I remember when I was in college, I was taking a meteorology class with George LaMaga. And he told us about global warming and the ozone layer and the immense threat to the atmosphere, which impacts everything. And I really thought it would never get that bad, like it wouldn't be allowed to go that far. In the early days of environmental protection, I think it was about the air looking dirty, smog. And, you know, that got addressed. And then the carbofluorocarbons were collared for creating a hole in the atmosphere, and hairspray companies stopped using aerosol cans. So clearly, once a problem surfaced, it would be addressed and resolved, curtailed, eliminated, or eradicated. But, you know, not a problem anymore. So it's kind of depressing to see there are an awful lot of ramifications in what used to be is becoming just that as we adjust to a new, somewhat unpleasant what is. Okay, wait, I didn't mean to go south with this. I was just saying I was sorry about not concluding the brief two-part episode. And next thing you know, I'm whining about global warming. Hurricane must have been a trigger word. Hurricanes, like the huge sea storm that hits every couple of decades. Well, is it me? Or are they pretty much always in the news now? I guess we really should worry when they don't make the news anymore. Or we should just refuse to believe that mankind bears any responsibility and go about our business. I am unable to do that. It's all too clear that so much of what we do is not the best way to do things. And people are free to believe what they want, but denying a problem that just allows it to get worse, that to me seems to be a problem all its own. I read this the other day. My friend Eddie posted it. Eddie has opinions and is not afraid to share. And he's funny. Anyway, he shared this thing that he found online. Hold on. Wait. I got to find a screenshot here. Hold on. Okay, wait. Okay, here. If you're not a scientist and you disagree with scientists about science, it's actually not a disagreement. You're just wrong. Science is not truth. Science is finding the truth. When science changes its opinion, it didn't lie to you. It learned more. (laughs) 
<laughs> Pretty interesting, right? And simple and, you know, funny, but like not funny. Okay, enough about the miserable position we're finding ourselves in and how there's no running away from it, except yes, there is, if you can just look away, even for a break. Breaks are great, right? Like a work break. We had those when we worked in offices and retail stores. I worked in Kmart when I was 16, and in an eight-hour day, we had a lunch, which was maybe a half hour, and we had two breaks that I think were only 10 minutes because I know I barely had time to get back to the break room, and my time would be up. Getting back to what I was talking about, that I don't really want to talk about that after all, but I'll tell you, I'm working on election campaigns again this year, and it's very satisfying work. Not only do I usually skip a break, I usually don't even want to stop for a break because I'm really into this. Partly because once I start on something, I really like to work until it's done. You know, you get on a roll, and it's more productive to stay on it than to have to stop and regain your momentum. I'm going to jump off momentum for a minute because I want to tell you to watch this superb documentary on drummers and drumming. It's called Count Me In. I don't want to oversell it because I certainly wouldn't want you to watch it and go, well, that's not as good as I thought it was going to be. But for me, it made me finally understand what made that instrument satisfying. And it gave me a deeper appreciation than I already had for John Bonham, which is saying something. Anyway, maybe you have to love music, but give it five minutes. And if you're not hooked, you could just turn it off. Count me in. It's on Netflix. I just looked it up for you. I haven't been watching much TV lately. I think it's a combination of having overwatched last year, which was a first for me, and it being so much work to find what you want to see now. Like that documentary. Of course, it was Netflix, so they probably suggested it to me. Or how else would I have found it? Not on a TV promo, because who watches trailers or ads in between programming? Rarely. But if I do, and it's some new series starring somebody I like, or looks like it could be good... I got to write down what streaming channel it's on, and I have to remember the channel when I go back to it, if it makes enough of an impression to want to go back to it. Unless you binge the entire series in one sitting, but odds are there aren't too many opportunities to have that long a stretch of free time. Yeah, so TV. It's got to be a system. Or an app. A single app that works like a menu and a scheduler. If there isn't something like that out already, could somebody please make one? Of course, now that I've said that, it could very well be that three or four inventors or companies or a 14-year-old in his basement, that one of them or all of them are perfecting that app right as I speak. That wouldn't be a big surprise, like how Hollywood could be working on two gigantic movies with two entirely different production companies, and both movies are exactly about the same thing. It's because of some sort of universal thought. I don't mean to be getting all cosmic-y on you, so let's just call it what you want. It's when you think of something that you've never seen or heard about, and then you see it or hear about it. There was a woman named Faith Popcorn who based an entire business on projecting trends. She made a ton of money from ad agencies and marketing firms because she was really good at knowing what was coming up or what was going to be huge before it was. So I'm just going to hope that now that I've tossed it out there, some coding girls will help me out so I can have some order in my TV viewing. Right now, it's too much like going to a restaurant and hoping you find something good on the menu. Anyway, aren't you glad I showed up to apologize? Next time, I'll tell you the story of Laura's mother's road rage because it's great and hilarious. But for now, it's just me, Cindy, checking in to let you know I'm fine. I hope you're fine. Are you fine? Thanks for listening.